All right, all right. We are live. Welcome back to uh, the Long and Hard podcast with uh, myself, Thomas Harrington, and my co-host here. Josh Blaze is in the house. <laughs> and uh, as you can see, we uh, have decided on a name. So uh, you will now see this podcast on the number one spot on iTunes uh, because we picked a name. So Look out, Joe yeah. Rogan. Yeah, look out, Joe you. Rogan. So... Uh, this episode is part two in a continuation of, uh, well, our last episode, uh, which was kind of our launch episode and it's 26 things or 26 lessons we've learned that you need to know about life, business and entrepreneurship. Uh, so we did points one through 13, uh, just the other day. Uh, and I mean, it, it kind of really sums up, I think our goal with this podcast and, you know, there's some good advice specific to business. Uh, life and then kind of the overlap and uh, it's going to be kind of the same thing today but also like each of these points we could for sure do like a one hour like at least an hour talking about each of them mm. so uh, I think we're going to have some really good stuff to delve into. Um, is there anything you want to chime in Josh before we get going here? No I don't think so. The, li go listen to the last episode because yeah. it was a gooder and then we're going to do an even better one today so Things are rough around the edges, but I think as we get going with this, it's going to be it's going to be much better. <laughs> yeah, we're refining our uh, host hosting skills here. So yeah, I'm gonna try to uh, not say like so much and absolutely yeah, so absolutely. much. Absolutely, it's entirely possible. <laughs> so uh, we'll just jump into it with point number fourteen here. Uh, so the jury is still out on a higher power, but yin and yang is a universal truth. So. Uh, this is kind of something we talked about, but quite a few of our tidbits, advice, points from last episode, we would kind of contradict ourselves. And it's, you kind of need to understand there is two sides to everything. There's kind of that dark side and light side uh, and that duality of all things in nature. And you really do see that in life. And, you know, there's no happiness without sadness. There's no success without failure, which I think is probably the biggest one. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> life is the, greatest thing ever life is pointless like both are true at the same time right uh so it's kind of understanding the highs and lows are inevitable and much of the world is perception and what you do with it and then uh it's important to know you know on your crappiest days your biggest failures you cannot have those lows without without the highs um and i think that's you know it's not all sunny days and it's important to know this so when you're you know you're gonna have down days and understand everyone does have that um it just means the next uh high point is is that much closer right and when you're having your biggest successes you cannot possibly know that is a large success without also knowing the other side of that yeah you right? can't have so, without the rain man exactly right so uh that that's kind of uh I think an important outlook to have on just life in, in, in general and something, you know, I've, I've really learned just through the trials and tribulations of, you know, what we've experienced in our careers thus far. As a business person, you always have up and ups and downs. And especially as an entrepreneur, like some days you're going to be like, fuck yeah, this is why I do this. And then other days you're going to be like, wow, I suck. And that's pretty much how it goes. Yeah. You honestly have to essentially keep a level head about you and keep your confidence around like a seven or an eight 
permanently just so that you know that i mean like it happens to us all but at the end of the day like as long as you're pushing forward you're getting where you need to be so that's my take on it and uh i mean we both had our share of shitty days but we both have our had our days of awesomeness like i remember back in the day selling a condo where we made like eight g's in like a week and a half or something like that <laughs> yeah that's uh that's one where you're like this is the greatest job ever yeah. i'm perhaps the greatest agent who's ever lived uh and then you know a week later you, you get rejected on the list you know, appointment or uh, a deal collapses or whatever and you're like shit like i'm getting maybe, a different job right so yeah, it's maybe i'm not that good <laughs> <laughs> and i mean it's good to have that humbling experience but also know you will have both of those. And I, I think like Josh said, like you want to keep yourself confident, but be at like a healthy middle road as well. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. That's all I have on that one, but that's a super good point. So, okay. Um, number 15 exercise daily enough said as an entrepreneur, man, you need to be in tip top shape in all ways and Oh, always. <laughs> you, you you have to be essentially on your game at all times and exercising is one way to the, stay in the game for the long haul um work out go for walks do whatever it takes to exercise i mean like some people don't like going to the gym do whatever is enjoyable to you but honestly physical exercise is very important the mind and the body are more connected than anybody gives them credit for and the more that you exercise, the better that your mind is. And it just is a snowball effect. So you need to keep going at it. And I mean, my best days are the days where I work out in the morning. And then I'm kind of like super fresh the rest of the day. I mean, we could go into a whole podcast on exercise and diet. I mean, I'm sure we will because this is kind of like ties into the lifestyle aspect of this podcast. But that's essentially my take on that one. I mean, you and I have both been hitting the gym for the last seven, eight years. So yeah, <laughs> we started young. That's for sure. Started, uh, I mean, and you know, we're, we're very fortunate in that way that, you know, we started at like 17 or whatever, just wanting to, you know, make our biceps bigger. So when we turned 18 and could go to the bar, we looked good, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's good that it was instilled in us and it, I would say it's a good thing that like you need to make it a habit of doing something right. Um, just for everyone. Right. Uh, I would say maybe the entrepreneur lifestyle is more susceptible to a being outside nine to five. You might be working more like, well, all the time and never simultaneously, which is an interesting paradox of this lifestyle, but, uh, just making that habit, you know, you're going to be on the go. You might be grabbing food at a drive through or whatever, or like, you know, it all starts with the, the body and, you know, this ties to like energy and all that, um, as well. Right. I mean, if you have discipline in this aspect of your life, it carries over into other aspects mm -hmm. of your life. And that's essentially like, like I said, a snowball effect, it's, it just per perpetuates itself. And I mean, discipline is all encompassing. So you get discipline to go to the gym, to eat relatively well. And I mean, you see what happens in your work life as well. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think you wrote this well on our notes here. It literally says 
exercise daily enough said and it goes <laughs> to the next point yeah there's no notes on it this is that's all that has to be said Okay. Uh, I mean, staying with the health thing is number 16 is sleep is everything. So uh, sleep has an insane effect on the body of my body and mind, uh, your health. Um, now, this is actually something, again, where we're kind of against the grain of your uh, popular mainstream, similar styled podcast where, you know, they profess, get up at 5am and work until 2am or, or whatever. And that, mm -hmm. you know, it, if you are going to make that your brand, I mean, I get it, I guess. But uh, for most people, like it, you cannot survive on six hours of sleep. Uh, if you look in the science, the, the it's less than 1% of people actually only need five to six hours. It's more like seven is the minimum. Eight is ideal. That's pretty much a truth for almost all people, if not more. And that's perfectly okay. Uh, and, you know, this is something for me personally, I've really only been diving into uh well frankly lately um mm. you know and we're we're putting together a really good uh recommended reading list and part of that is going to be a relatively recent joe rogan podcast with uh one of the leading sleep doctors out there uh and it is on in all honesty like kind of life-changing that episode i would say and uh just how important it is and you know again these last two exercise sleep it it's really about the foundation right it's the pillar of you as a as a person and you know you need to do i would say these things are more important and you need to do these first before you can go out and you know strive and succeed at your next venture yeah you want to get the basics under control before you take on the world but i mean i'm bad for it but i know exactly how well i work when i actually do get proper sleep and <laughs> it's night and day a lot of people like thomas was saying they want to do that like i'm going to only sleep four hours tonight type of thing but your productivity is just shot the next day and you're not actually achieving what you could be achieving were you to have gotten that full night of sleep mm -hmm. um it's, it's it's a significant thing and i mean i've been working on it tremendously but i mean circumstances in the evening sometimes keep you up but uh, i mean you really want to be getting at least seven if not eight hours of sleep and at least six nights a week you really really want to be doing that so yeah and i mean you know it's you can tell by your tone here that we weren't exactly perfect on this and i no. would say it's well it's two things a you know the the people we follow and stuff kind of profess the opposite of this which is just plain unhealthy and you know I, I don't really want to get into like the long-term health effects of it because that's just beyond the scope of us. But uh, mm -hmm. there's a lot to that now. Uh, I, I, you know, we're 20 something guys. Like, you know, we've been out till 2 a.m. Saturday morning as well. Like we're not 3 a.m. in Montreal, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, last call's later out there. Hey, there is no um, last call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that. Again, it, we're not perfect, but, uh, and maybe you aren't either. You probably aren't. Sorry to tell you, but uh, <laughs> I think this is really important. And, you know, it is at a level where um, this is basically an epidemic, frankly, the sleep shortage that especially more the millennial generation is facing. And there's a number of factors. You could also argue smartphones, like trying to keep your smartphone out of the bedroom is very tough, but oh, uh, yeah. that has a lot of effects on it too. Um, 
you know, and this is something, again, just this is part of our journey. So as we learn more about this, you know, I think we should continue to share this and kind of like tips and tricks, if you will, and recommendations, right? It's kind of, you know, the stuff you do outside of when you're actually working is tremendously important, right? The amount of people that I've talked to that have pulled like all nighters at university is astronomical. And I don't think I ever pulled a single all nighter in university, not going to lie. So, you know, it's, it's funny you say that because I I'm exactly the same way. Like I, I never did that. And I, I just always knew like, A, I could never focus. I was never producing good work. Like even after, you know, 9, 10 PM, I would usually shut it down. Like, okay, let's start on this the next day. And, you know, maybe mm-hmm. that just happened to be instilled in us at a young age for whatever reason. But, uh, you know, I think that's a good mentality. That being said, I think more people do do the all-nighters, which is probably a bad part where that starts. And then you can carry that into your adult life, right? Yeah, it's just bad habits. And I mean, yeah. I mean I'm mean, i probably 65 years old and that I go to bed around 10 usually, 9.30 sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll go to the next point. Number 17, start your day in a way that will get you motivated to kick ass all day long. I'm not going to like say that you should have a morning routine because I've gone down that we path. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone down that path in years past. And I mean, it's kind of unproductive in that I need to do X number of things before I can start my day. And usually it takes up two or three hours of your time almost. <laughs> and it's like, I got to meditate for 20 minutes. I got to do X, Y, and Z. And it's kind of like, eh, I mean, I get it. I get it. But have something every day that you look forward to when you get out of bed that pushes you out of bed and stops you from staying in bed till 10 a.m. in the morning. Uh-huh. Whether that be go do 20 push-ups or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, exercising first thing in the morning is what gets your mind going for the rest of the day. So that's something that I've been really working on. And I mean, you can have a mini morning routine. Just don't go overboard with it. Because, I mean, that mm-hmm. seems to be all the hype over the last, like, six months to a year. So mm-hmm. yeah. everybody's posting their morning routines on YouTube, and it's... <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. And I, I would even say to that, a point, like, there's a few small things you can do to make your day easier. And we might, I, I think we should do, like, it's funny because, yeah, you know, my morning routine changes or it's not insanely structured, but there are a few key things I do that you know, help me get started. And there's a few kind of, I hate to use this word, but, you know, kind of life hacks or like at least just very good ideas for mm-hmm. starting off your day. And we could probably do like a short, you know, killer way to start your morning. Right. Um, you know, so little thing, or even like, uh, again, this ties back to, well, the last two points, but um, number one would be smartphones. And, you know, most people use their, uh, phone as their alarm versus like an old time alarm clock mm-hmm. you should have your phone somewhere where to shut off your alarm you have to get physically up out of your bed and walk over to it and that'll get you up get you moving get your blood flowing we could talk about cold showers i guess which is a good thing to start you know there's a lot to it but uh just know it kind of it starts in the morning uh you know depending on if you're like an intermittent fasting person having a good breakfast or whatever, start starting it in like a good, uh, 
productive way, right? Like don't be waking up five minutes before you need to leave your house and getting McDonald's every morning on the way to your job, like oh, definitely set not. yourself up to succeed. Um, but there, I, I mean, there's a lot to that. So, yeah, I think you have to figure out for yourself what works and what doesn't work, but, um, yeah, that's what, that's all I'll say on that one. Cause I mean, I still develop kind of my mornings and I kind of have something going for me now, but I mean, a month from now, who knows? So, and I mean, circumstances change too. So mm-hmm. traveling, yeah, no, exactly. whatever. Yeah. Travel, um, you know, for like a job, like real estate for myself, like it, it's pretty common to have some level of meetings, uh, in the evening and in later into the evening or be working on papers or whatever. So your day might shift a little to, you know, it's not exactly a seven to three thirty job. Right. So what time I get up at and how I start things or whatever is going to be different than you. But uh, mm-hmm. again, there's a few universal truths in that. So definitely. Okay. Uh, moving on. So this is an interesting one. So uh, point 18 for us is get your own shit right first, have your own success, have your own job, company, whatever, then start a partnership, right? Which is, again, ironic because obviously we're partners in this current venture. Now, uh, as Felix Dennis said uh, in his book, How to Get Rich, which is, you know, easily both of us, a favorite book for both of us. um, He says, plain and simple, don't do partnerships, which again is ironic. But uh, to explain or elaborate on his reasoning for it, it's basically when you have a partnership where it's both your primary sources of, uh, well, income is what is inevitable is someone will want it or need it more than the other person. It's just, it is what it is. It's a universal truth uh, and you are doomed for failure, right? And there's always exceptions to that rule. Uh, And, you know, we're very lucky that obviously our partnership or the largest one we ever did, like when we were at not just when we were a real estate team together, but when we started our own brokerage, Veritas kind of went, you know, crashed and burned fairly quickly. And because I think part of it is because we were on this kind of self-improvement path for so long, we're in a good enough headspace that if things aren't working, we can be honest with each other about that. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, it is important to have something that you are 100% control of, right. Uh, At least for like, let's call it your, basic income for making sure you keep food on the table or whatever. And a partnership, you should always start secondary and that should be secondary for both of you, right? Just so, again, it's just better that way when no one like need, need, needs it. Mm -hmm. And I would also say part of that is when it's a secondary thing, it's better to come into it and be at different levels if need be. So like if that's like a 75, 25 partnership, 60, 40, whatever, at least that way, uh, you do know what you're getting your, yourself into, right? Uh, again, we see lots of people out there starting partnerships just with, I mean, I guess childhood or school friends or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's how we know each other. But it, if you're not in the right kind of mindset, frame of mind, mindset game, whatever you want to say, like you are more prone to... <laughs> end up hating each other's guts right now to that point i would say don't write off a partner if something didn't work in the past which is uh, some good notes josh added here uh they could be the exact right person for the next thing right Mm so uh for josh and myself like obviously veritas didn't work and you know going that way made us realize kind of what we wanted 
from real estate, right? And obviously that shifted my direction, but also Josh is more importantly towards uh, the tech stuff he's doing now. So, right. And I mean, both people generally in a partnership want to be pulling the same direction at all times. And I mean, if you're kind of looking one way or the other, I mean, you can't really have a tug of war within a partnership, right? So one thing I like about partnerships is that, I mean, if they're going to be a significant business, get things rolling, then bring people in next. Like, unless obviously both people have individual talents. Like, for example, you're a sales guy and you need a, a programmer or you're X and you need Y. That's the only thing that I can think of in where you would want to be doing some sort of partnership. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I mean, as Felix Dennis said in his book, you actually want to keep as close to 100% equity in any company as you start because you want to have the control. We'll talk more about this in a different podcast for sure. Mm-hmm. The partnerships and, uh, check huge check the old recommended reading list. Uh, yeah. it, it, it really is a very interesting book and we came across it quite young. And I would say that really was one of the first ones that really shaped for me the direction I'm now on right no most definitely so yeah i think we we could probably do an entire podcast on this one because i think that that's um, a significant topic because i mean how do you choose Mm -hmm. a partner when do you bring a partner in yeah blah 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 blah. there's i mean dozens of different topics you can Mm -hmm. think of for this sort of oh for sure or like kind of a partner by proximity where it's just someone you know right versus Mm -hmm. seeking out someone for like a skill you maybe lacking or they really excel at or whatever. Right. So friends are not necessarily the best partners you can have. Like I think that there's um, you can build partnerships with complete strangers and build friendships as you build businesses. Don't necessarily look for your friend group as a good partnership. We're lucky in that our friend group is very like entrepreneurial and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of guys that we could look to and be like, I want to start something with this guy. I want to start we, with this we, we, we certainly have been very lucky on that point. And I think mm-hmm. we were on the, you know, we've gotten so close to the brink of destruction, if you will, that luckily we're able to now give this advice from like a positive standpoint, right? Oh, so. most definitely. Like you, you can absolutely ruin friendships with partnerships. It is essentially mm-hmm. a marriage, right? <laughs> so like- oh, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Man, well, <laughs> even now, but I mean, back then, you know, we would see and talk to each other every single day. Right. <laughs> so, well, I mean, and I mean, your, your topic of conversation is generally business. <laughs> there's, there's no more talking about like girls. There's no more talking about anything else. It's like business, business, business. Yeah. And oh, for I mean, sure. you have to be prepared for that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll, we'll, I, I want, I definitely want to hit this one in another podcast because this is a huge topic. So. Yeah, it is. And I think even recanting the story of Veritas would be some level of interesting to people. And I think we should do that and sure. We probably have some good uh, lessons to give in there as well. So yeah, that'd be a definitely interesting one for sure. <laughs> Number 19, limiting distractions is a superpower, especially in 2019. Holy shit, man. Uh, there is so much to distract you in the modern world. You have notifications going off left, right, and center. Uh, you have emails coming in. You have, I don't even know, sirens on the street. You have whatever. I mean, we all know what we're talking about here. 
you have your Twitter, you have your Facebook, you have your Instagram, and then I'm sure you have another five other social networks and stuff like text messages, calls, shit, man. It's amazing that anybody gets anything done in today's world. If you're able mm-hmm. to limit distraction and really only segment the times that you're going to be using these applications and stuff or talking to people, you're going to be ahead of like, I said 90% in this note, but it's more like 98% of people because everybody's distracted and it seems less and less people understand how to limit those distractions. But I mean, man, it's like you need to limit your use of these applications and you need to have an attention span that actually lasts more than like two minutes. Cause I mean, <laughs> it's bad, man. It's yeah, bad nowadays. Yeah. No, for sure. I think, he, I think to give practical advice, the simplest solution is, and you know, I have this on my phone and I believe you do the same. Um, but for social media, like I have virtually every major platform just cause it, it's, I mean, it, it is the way the world is. And for a small business owner, I essentially need to be. But uh, every single social media, the notification settings are just off, like 100% oh, yeah. off. Mm-hmm. So that way you're only proactively looking at it or only looking at it when you need to. So in the middle of something, you know, something isn't popping up and uh, again, creating a distraction. You know, I still set spend plenty on, of time on those. But that being said, it's, you know, it, it's very intentional. It's when I want to or when I have time like I, I, I'm not seeing those notifications outside right um, for me you know emails like that's one because uh, I we know of some people who just shut off all notifications but uh, that's not really doable for myself uh, I would say using the sleep mode is certainly a superpower um, especially for uh, when you're getting into a state of like some deep work or wanting to focus now uh, I think you glanced over this the other day, but, uh, and this is something for me is, uh, music can be very powerful to help you focus. And, you know, for me, I've recently got more into, uh, and this is kind of a Josh ism, but, uh, <laughs> kind of like deep house music or, you know, kind of slow chill, like, uh, it's more EDM, no lyrics. Yeah. Uh, there's tons of great YouTube channels that like stream 24 seven. It's, it's really good. And they really do help you focus. Um, again, you know, this is more of like, arguably you may be a guy thing, but another good way to limit distractions is, uh, for music is to actually use, uh, video game soundtracks. And it's because there's a science to them, right? So video game soundtracks are meant to make you focus, not be distracted and, uh, lose track of time as well. Right. So, it can be extremely useful when you have a whole bunch of work to do. Uh, and it's kind of ironic because I guess video games are a distraction in themselves, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's Using a, the music's a good thing. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of a clever little thing. And you know, it, it's, it, I mean, it, it, it's stuff that like you almost don't even realize you're listening to because you sort of half tune it out and get very into your work. You know, you're not singing along to uh, I don't know. <laughs> Miley Cyrus or uh, Cardi B or whoever you're listening to, right? So, <laughs> I mean, if you're doing creative work, shut mm-hmm. your damn phone off, man. Like, honestly, if you're doing something creative, if you're writing, if you're coding, anything like that, you should not be reachable. And we think of, I think it, this is a Warren Buffett quote, 
I'm probably wrong about this, but essentially the power and freedom that you have today, like the most important people are hard to reach. The least important people are very easy to reach. So what you want to take away from that is be difficult to reach. Actually segment times out in the day where you can't be reached. I mean, it's more difficult for certain professions and stuff, but personally, I'm one of those people. No notifications on my phone, no sounds whatsoever, except for phone calls. And I mean, I don't have anything on my my lock screen at all. I actually have to go into my phone and actually check notifications. So that's... Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so I, I only have like the, the red badge on my iPhone. That's the only way I can see notifications. Hmm. And uh, other than that, I don't get notifications for emails, no text messages, nothing, unless I go into my phone and actually look for them. So, yeah, no, that's good. And that's, again, it's the being on your heels versus being on your toes, which is a a very simple distinction, right? You set Uh, the pace, man. You set the pace for the day. No, that's good. And, you know, Josh has a more hardcore example than me. But even if you do any of these things, you're kind of distinguishing yourself in the top 20%, 20%, right? Mm-hmm. And you've immediately created way more time for yourself uh, during the day, right? That's all it's about, man, is, yeah. is creating that time. Because I mean, everything else is just a time suck. So you want to get stuff done if you actually want to work eight hours a day, because most people don't. <laughs> most people work like maybe yeah. an hour a day yeah. and the rest is spent on Facebook. Yeah. The actual, the the average white collar job you do now. So, I mean, if you're more a blue collar trades job, it's, I mean, you probably are hitting the higher end of these numbers, but uh, for white collar workers, office workers, you know, you need to know that the average person spends two to three hours a day actually doing work. Right. So uh, twofold, I guess, is that point of you can essentially, if you work six hours a day, you're doubling or tripling what the guy next to you is doing like Mm -hmm. real six hours now also part of that it begs the question of we're we're so fixated on a eight hour work day like what if you could do everything in two hours like what are you going to do with that time right or what you know what it 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 just it's important thought experiment and you know we're very much about getting outside the realms of kind of societal (laughs) expectations if you will (laughs) yeah uh and that one, I think, is something that uh, I mean, we're further, for sure. we're, we're we're digressing, but it, it's it's something to think about for sure. Definitely, we'll move to the next point because I yeah. think we could go for hours on that one. Yeah, I know that's a good one. So uh, number twenty. Now, uh, this is you know a very good one and very simple, but there has never been a better time or better place to be alive. So it's 2019. If we're in Canada, if you're in North America, if you're in anywhere that's kind of really the Western world, if you will, it, it's an amazingly great time to be alive. No generation before us had it better than we do right now, plain mm-hmm. and simple. And compared to other parts of the world, frankly, you know, we have it very, very good in terms of economy, security, uh, stability, all of that stuff. And, you know, that part isn't what we're here to talk about, but just having the gratuity for what we have. And part of that is the internet, right? Like if our hell, your dad started a business, right? Like how did he didn't have the internet available to him, right? Like he probably had to do phone book ads and stuff like that. Right. So, 
our grandparents didn't have the internet, you know, in the earlier part of the 1900s, your life expectancy was, you know, 40 years or whatever, right? Uh, there's just so much potential. And I think it's funny because in theory, we should be the most gracious generation for what we've been given. And you would almost think it's the opposite of that. People seem to think the world's ending and (laughs) maybe it is, but as far as I can tell, no. And in the meantime, you know, we, we have some really great potential to grow and do and create. And like, you can literally make a lot of money doing nothing, but putting things on the internet, right? It's just amazing. And really having that appreciation, I think is kind of a foundation for, uh, what we're doing. And, you know, it's something good to come back to when, uh, you know, if you're having a hard time or your business isn't quite getting traction as fast as you like it would, you would like it to just think of all the tools that are at your fingertips and, you know, how much abundance and possibility is there. If you're listening to this, you have a smartphone or you have connection to the internet, you have uh, probably a computer. I mean, you have literally all the tools needed that you could start pretty much anything you can imagine. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all about perspective. And I mean, we live in a world where there's a lot of like negativity and negative outlook on like the future and stuff. And I'm like, man, I don't really see it. You really have to look at the good good side of things. I mean, things are obviously changing, but change is not necessarily bad or good. It is what you make it. So you have to continually be on your toes, be continually learning, striving towards your next goal. And I mean, you're going to see the positive. You're not going to see the negative, And that's what really matters. I mean, personally, you can get into a hole. And I mean, it's very easy to get into a hole and kind of get negative on the world. But I mean, you just got to look at, you go outside, the birds are chirping, the sun is out. I mean, it's a good day to be alive. So that's kind of the outlook you need. And there's not really too many successful negative entrepreneurs or people that are in business. Most of the people that I know that are extremely successful are quite positive people and they're always looking for the good in others and also the world. So that's what I would say about that one. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think, I think that's really good, but just, you know, the, North America, 2019, if you're born here, if you live here, uh, I don't really think there's a much for, for you to complain about. And let me just address the fact that, you know, if you're someone who maybe knows us personally, we didn't have hard upbringings for what it's worth, but uh, it is important to just understand that there's still a lot of potential, right? And uh, how many massively successful people came from very, very, very little or nothing like it, it's, it is doable and it, it's arguably easier than, than ever. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. 21 pick your partners in life wisely. Oh boy. <laughs> Friends and lovers are one and the same and uh, they're either going to feel inspired or sapped of energy around every single person that you meet. So you really want to spend time with the people that inspire you and give you energy and severely, severely limit the time with the people that are what I'd call energy vampires. And essentially, those people are the ones that are, well, going back to the previous point, negative, um, consistently looking for the worse in 
the worst in people and the worst in uh, the world around them. And I mean, you know what I'm talking about. If you actually just sit there for five minutes and think about your closest 10 people in your life, you know who you like to spend time with and you know who you're kind of like, shit, I have to spend time with this person again because essentially spending time with them is, is not enjoyable. So that's kind of what you need to be looking for. And I mean, we're going to talk about friends, but I mean, same thing with relationships. Both people need to be on the same level and pushing in the same direction. You can't really be having relationships like personal romantic relationships with somebody that's not working in the same direction that you are. And at least, at least at very minimum understanding of uh, what you're trying to do and encouraging and supportive in that direction as well. If they're actively sabotaging you or actively like discouraging, I mean, you got to really question yourself and potentially get out of that situation. So yeah, <laughs> it's a tough one. A lot of people,